Hey everybody, welcome to Couple on Fire podcast. Tonight we're going to continue talking about mental health and we're actually going to talk about how to support someone that struggles with mental health issues and that's coming up right now. Right now. Thank you so much for joining us on the Couple on Fire podcast. This podcast is for couples, for marriages, and for families within the Christian community. We exist to help break the stigma that happens within the Christian community. We're talking about divorce, we're talking about addiction, and we're talking about so much more. We believe that all this is possible in this life strictly based on the power of Jesus Christ and his ability to restore us fully. Let's dive in. So glad everybody could uh, join us this week on our podcast. I'm Josh, and I'm here with my amazingly wonderful, incredible wife, Christy. Hi. <laughs> That's fun. So uh, we're going to continue talking about mental health awareness. It is this month, and we want to make sure that we cover, you know, mental health, health, mental health awareness is a huge subject, and there's many different angles we can take. So tonight, we really want to talk about uh, how to be the support person to someone that maybe is struggling with different types of mental health. So, you know, I mean, we all def we all struggle with mental health in all different ways. This is not true. Yeah, it is. And we wanted to try to there's so much um, information and things that we could cover for this topic. And when you have a month, you know, we really sat down and tried to plan out what are some core things that we could talk about over the month that are so important for people if they're struggling, like if they're struggling, if they know somebody that's struggling. So we are trying to uh, cover these things in our podcast over this month. And there is so much more. I know Josh said, talked about it in one of our other podcasts. We're trying to narrow it down to one, two, three things to give you each week, but there is so much more to it than that. So if you want to reach out to us and even ask us for some more advice privately, we'd be more than happy to give that to you. These are just really like grazing the surface and to give people some real core things to start with. Yeah, mental health is one of those types of onion issues. I mean, there's so yes. many different points. And once you unravel one, you realize there's much, there's many more levels to it, many more uh, things that can, that can connect to it. So each week, we're just trying to touch briefly, like Christy said, just briefly on some of the major points that we've noticed at least in our own lives that well, we've noticed yeah. that's affected us. Because it's anxiety, panic attacks. If you know somebody that yeah. what season of life they're in, how old they are, uh, it, there's multiple different factors yeah. that factor into it. So, sorry. Yeah. So tonight we want to talk about it. We want to share three different things that we feel is going to be a major help if you have somebody in your life right now and, and you want to be able to be a support person for them that's suffering yeah. with some type of mental health. So the first thing tonight we want to talk about is you cannot fix them. You cannot fix them. No, and you cannot. And this is something that was uh, extremely hard for me to learn. I actually am so grateful to Celebrate Recovery that we're a part of because going through the 12-step program through that actually helped me to realize that, you know, that is part of a codependency issue that I have is that I take it upon myself to try to fix people mm -hmm. um, when they come to me with their problems. And it's very, very important to really learn that you can't fix them. And so what would happen is people would come to me and share their problems. And then I would give them what, you know, from my personal experience, things that I think that could help them. But then if they left and they didn't put into action some of the things that I gave them and then they came back to me and was still struggling or so I would start getting actually upset. And I had to realize that 
it's not my job to fix them. It's just my job. Everyone goes down their path in different ways at different speeds. And it's just my job to offer up their advice. And Mm. once I separated myself from that, like, okay, you need more advice. I can give you more advice. I'm full of advice about that. I still struggle with that stuff myself. So it's just my job just to give it to you. What you do with it is your responsibility. So if you know someone that's struggling, it's really important that you don't start getting frustrated with them. That means you're trying to fix them when you're giving them that advice. You can relieve yourself of that responsibility. Yeah. And a lot of times we get confused. The, th- the word support and the word fix almost feel like they go hand in hand. Right. Especially when it comes to people we love, right? So we want to make sure that we fix their problems for them. We want to make sure we fix them up. If, if we feel like we don't suffer with that, we feel like, I can fix this. Like, I can fix this. I can make this problem go away. And that's just not the case, you know. And like Christy said, we've learned, you know, to be honest with you, one of the biggest blessings personally in my life, and I won't speak for her, but for me, is that I... I had to go through struggle. You know, I am a recovering alcoholic. You know, I I really had to go down a really rough road that I took myself down, you know, and I really went through a lot of pain and stuff. But the glory from that is that I got to understand what recovery really is. And recovery has such little with, with to stop drinking alcohol than it is to know that Josh is the problem and these are the steps that it takes necessary to be able to repair the problems and be able to really dig deep down inside of who I am. So it really taught me a lot that um, it's not necessarily that I had all this brokenness about me because um, we're designed you know, from Adam and Eve, we're designed in a broken sense at that point and on. So the only thing possible to fix us, fix me, fix her, fix you, is a relationship with Jesus. And that's just the truth Mm. of it. So if we can really get to the root and understanding of how that really plays a role in our lives, then we never really go into a relationship, even on a support level, trying to fix somebody. Because we realize it's not my job to fix them. It's my job to support them, which changes the, the context of your conversations. It changes the way that you share. And we always say uninvited advice is never welcome. You don't want to give advice to people if they're not asking for it. And you can still support without it. Like you don't have to give advice to support somebody. You know, yeah. we're going to talk a little bit more about that here in a few minutes, but you know, well, you, you can't fix people. No. And you have to correlate it to other things in life, right? So when your kids are going through school, when you were going through school, you go to school during the day, the teacher, you know, trains you, gives you the tools that you need to do it. They don't follow you home and make sure that you're doing the homework. Yeah. It's your job to come back and show them what you've done. It's the same thing. If you're going to a counselor or a psychiatrist, you go in, they ask you questions. They kind of lead you down the direction that you should be going, but they don't follow you home. Mm. They don't check in with you during the week like are you doing this are you doing this like it's you have to correlate it to all of that you can't take on the responsibility you can support them and be there for them but people have to do it from their for themselves and everyone's path is different and some people take longer to learn things some people perception is reality so something that Mm. they're struggling with that you may have conquered in two weeks, it might take them two years. It's just different because you don't know what else that they're struggling with on top of that specific issue. So everyone's path is different. Yeah. I love that you said that because I think it's really important that we understand that our journey is different. Whether we think that our journey that we went on was really hard and it took forever, Mm -hmm. someone else's journey is their own individual journey. So that's where the fixing comes in. So Mm -hmm. I have 
you know, serious codependent issues. You know, I want to make sure that I'm always loved and liked and appreciated. You know, I want all those things. So, you know, uh, Christy's mentioned to it before, so she doesn't mind if I say it. I'm sure she doesn't mind. But, you know, she's had bouts of depression, you know, and I haven't really, personally me, I've never really experienced that. Mm -hmm. uh, not to the degree as she has. But I have to remember, like, and, is, and I would, don't get me wrong, okay, I've suffered from this. I've tried to fix the problem. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to tell her what she needs to do. Because apparently she's suffering and she needs me to tell her. Mm -hmm. And that backfired on me enormously, mm -hmm. right? It, it, I, next thing you know, I'm, she's getting super upset with me. And now I'm all like, poor Josh. Oh, poor me. Like, why would you be so mean to me? I'm just trying to help. And it's like... I've took the wrong approach and that was on me. Yeah. I didn't know how to support her. I wasn't trying to support her. What I was attempting to do was fix. Yeah. And that is a real problem, especially with people that are really close to us, like a spouse or a child or a parent or a, a sibling. We have to be careful that we're not constantly, even out of love, trying to fix another person. Like we can't do it. It's not our place and it's impossible and you'll ruin the relationship ever before you do any good. And it's really, um, the Holy Spirit will convict them when they need to be convicted and work through them how God needs to work through them. It He will work with them, for them, through them. I was talking to Josh about this before we started the podcast. God isn't himself isn't coming down and saying, you're fixed. You know, so that should relieve us of that pressure. He's wanting them to work through it for themselves. And maybe he's allowing you to be one of his arm hands and feet, you know, to help them, but it's really their responsibility to do it. And then people appreciate it more. I, I something they accomplished, they're not doing it because someone else made them do it or anything else. So sorry, yeah. we've touched on that for a while. Yeah. Right? Amen. That's a powerful one though. Yeah. Because a lot of times yeah. in relationships, we constantly just want to fix. We want to be yeah. able to do that. So, all right. The second thing that we want to talk about that's important to be in a support is just yes. listen, yes. just listen. And I'm actually going to put this up on the screen right now. Sean just mentioned it. People aren't broken, but a friendly ear can put things back together. Yeah. You know, you cannot say that any better because listening is a hard thing for 99% of people. By nature, we want to fix. We want to respond. We want to tell. We want to offer advice. We want to. But 99% of that time, the best thing we can do is shut up and just listen to what someone's trying to tell us. Yeah. So I have a couple different things that I could talk about with that. So um, when you go see a counselor, a psychiatrist, or a psychologist, a lot of people get frustrated because when you go in, they ask you leading questions, right? What brought you in today? Tell me about your childhood. Tell me about what you're dealing with right now. They just ask questions and you just talk. And the reason why that is, is because there is so much healing in getting it off your chest. I mean, there is healing in the light. And we say, you know, we're only as sick as our secrets. Mm. And that is one of the biggest things that um, people will say is one of their favorite things about Celebrate Recovery against uh, is that we go into after the large group, we go into our small groups, men go to the men's, women go to the women's, and we have to sit around and each person gets three to five minutes to share. And we're not allowed to crosstalk as it's called. Yeah. And that is that person just sits and focuses on their own thoughts, feelings, and actions about what they're feeling, what they're dealing with, but they just talk. And afterwards, you know, each person goes around and afterwards we're done. You know, the group's over, we get up, we leave. And at first, if you've never experienced that before, you think... 
that is weird, but it's not weird because once people start talking it through themselves, I know that you've done this in your life. You have a problem in your head and you're rolling it over and over and over. And then you just start talking to somebody about it out loud and it starts making sense. It start you lead yourself to your own solution, just talking through it out loud by yourself. That's why I talk to myself so much, really. <laughs> no, but it is so important. And that is a key thing for us to learn when it comes to people. People just want to be heard. And one of the main things that you can learn or know about when someone can really tell if you're listening to them is that you repeat back what they said yes. uh, to make sure that you understood them. And people just want to be heard. That's all. Yeah. I mean, and that's powerful too, because and I was actually going to talk a little bit about responding with what you heard. You know, a lot of times we feel stupid or we feel like we're making the other pe person feel stupid by repeating what they told us. And that's just not the case. That's just letting the other person know, I actually care about what you said and I want to make sure that I heard it the way you said it. You know, that I'm actually doing that. And yeah. listening is really done in multiple parts. So not only are we listening because we want to let the other person know we're listening to them, but maybe we need to listen to maybe they're trying to say something that they don't even know they're trying to say. And I think that comes into oh, real yeah, deep good. listening. You know, yeah. you really want to, especially if someone's suffering with mental illness, maybe they're just, maybe you normally just talk to this person. Maybe you're a sibling and you're sisters and you guys are constantly talking all the time, but maybe you need to hear them a little different. Maybe they're crying out in a way that maybe you're just not hearing it, you know, and they don't even realize they're saying it. So when we really are trying to be supportive, when we really see something going on with somebody that we really care about, listening and really paying attention to what they're saying and the way they're saying it and then repeating it back, it really clarifies and brings to light exactly what's really going on. And, you know, listening is really truly caring. And I have an example of this because I've had to learn over my relationship with Christy. I mean, we've been together for almost 10 years now. And a lot of times, and I mentioned it in the last one about fixing is I just constantly think, okay, if she's telling me something, she just wants me to give, give her advice on something is what she's looking for. And I'm going to tell you what, gentlemen, if you're married, if you have a girlfriend, I can tell you the majority of the time it's just not true. You know, I, whether it comes from a good place or not, it's usually not true. It's they just want you to hear them. They just want you to listen, but they want you to listen. They don't want you to just sit there and be quiet. They want you to actually listen to what they're saying. And what I've learned, and it's easy for me now because my wife's face talks more than her mouth mm. because her facial features tell me everything I need to know about what she's saying. And I've learned to pay attention to if those If you cues. watch these podcasts long enough, you'll <laughs> yeah. know too. Yeah. But that's part of listening though, is paying yeah. attention, is truly paying attention. and Social cues. Yeah. And, and it's listening is so huge when it comes to somebody because like she said in our recovery program you know people are allowed to sit there and nobody's allowed to talk and that's a lot more helpful than you ever would dream so listening is super key yeah and a lot of times is if you know someone that suffers with anxiety or depression a lot of times they're they're not going to reach out to so for you to reach out to them and just ask them how they're doing don't have a planned or coin canned response that you're going to say back to them, just let them talk to you. I know me, mm. since I struggle with anxiety, um, a lot of times I might just ramble on about something. Like if I come home from a bad day at work or a bad day with, um, bad day with someone maybe that I had specifically and I come home and for like the first hour I come home from work, I'm just like, and I just get it all out of my chest. And I don't, I mean, he rarely even really says anything about it. He smiles and nods. And then after I'm all done, I'm like, oh yeah, how was your day? You know? And it's like, I just get it out because I struggle with anxiety and 
that's something that I think he's realized because I struggle with that. I have so many things going on in my head all the time, all these different thoughts about all these different people. And I do this, I do that. And I'm trying to help people in CR and I'm trying to deal with my own things and I'm trying to be a mother and I'm trying to be a wife. And some days it's very overwhelming. I'm trying to be a leader at work and I'm trying to Mm. set good Christian example for people. I'm just all over the place sometimes. And some days it's very overwhelming for my brain. And when I just sit and just blab it all out, it it like relieves me. I think listening to also gives you a sense uh, of the other person, a sense of a lack of judgment. So if every time that someone comes to you and they're, they're suffering with something and they feel like they need your support and all you're trying to do is respond, yeah. Yeah. is it really makes that person feel. Now, whether you mean it or not, that's not the point. Because the way that it is when someone is suffering with anxiety or they're suffering you know, with some form of mental illness is they're in a very fragile state. So they're, the way that they're going to take things is typically completely off base. But that's not the point. The point is if we're supporting them. We need to meet them where they're at. And if we're going to meet them where they're at, we need to be cautious in the way that we do things. And we don't want them to feel judged because we're just trying to give them advice every time. And they're going to be like, okay, I'm not looking for advice. I'm not coming there anymore. So the judgment thing is real. Like you really do start to feel as a person that feels like every time I have something going on, I want to talk to this person that they're just shooting ideas at me, that it really feels kind of judgy. It really honestly does. Well, I mean, and I agree. I just think that if someone you're, you are talking to someone that about their anxiety or depression, or they're talking to you about it. It's obviously somebody that you care about or somebody that you know. So it's an obvious friendship or spouse or child loving relationship. So it's okay to a lot of times if you're talking to the person that is the one that's struggling. I know me personally, since I struggle with it, to ask them, you sometimes their needs are going to vary depending on the day. Sometimes I want advice. Sometimes I don't want advice. So it's okay to ask that person. So if I come to Josh and I'm just like, blah, 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 blah. It's okay for him to look at me and say, what do you need from me right now? After I'm done, do you want Mm. me to give you advice or did you just want to talk to me about it? And I will let him know then what I need. And you should be able to do that because I'm assuming it's already a loving relationship of some form since this is a very serious thing that you guys are talking about. So that would be a safe thing for you to do for someone that's struggling with that. Yeah, it comes down to really good, healthy communication ability. I mean, and really trying to say, you know what, I'm not, it's not, has nothing to do with confrontation because I'm telling you right now, the majority of communication break is, is there because people fear uh, confrontation and this isn't supposed to be confrontation. Support should never be a confrontational thing. It should be. You know, and if you're in a position where you feel like, okay, I'm just sick of hearing this person you know, say what they're saying, then you're probably not in a healthy position at that time to be a support for them. You know, maybe you can refer them. And we're going to talk a little bit about that here in a few minutes. But, you know, maybe you're just not in the right position. Maybe your self is suffering. Maybe yeah. every time someone comes to you and they're puking all their stuff on you, you're like, okay, like I can't take it anymore. Okay, well, maybe you need to find a substitute for that person. Maybe you need to help them in a, in a separate way other than engaging with them in conversation because that happens. Yeah. And one simple thing, the biggest thing for me that helped with me is that everyone, when you use the word confrontation is like, (laughs) you know, if you change one simple thing in your head from saying confrontation to conversation, it's very simple. Mm. So when you go into something and you're like, I am not good with 
confrontation. It's just a conversation. So that is a simple mental thing in your head and your perspective. Perception is everything. Mm. If your perception on it is this is just a conversation. We're just having dialogue. Your, your own defense mechanisms go down. You don't feel like it's confrontation anymore because confrontation really just is a conversation. I think it's just viewed wrong. I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think that's that's true. The third thing is something that's hard uh, for me uh, in certain ways, but <laughs> not for everybody. And it is, it is, you're going to have to be patient. Yeah. You know, with mental health, with most people, it's not something that happens for, you know, 13 days a year. It's not anything like that. It's usually a long-term issue that somebody's suffering with, and there's a much deeper rooted issue going on that they're going to have to find help. And it's not, <laughs> it's not scheduled. I wish it was. Okay. <laughs> a lot of times I wish it was, you know, and a, for a lot of people, but it's not, you know, and so patience is so key in this. Understand that when we talk about being supportive, that's part of being in a relationship and relationships, they don't get good over, over a day. You know, it takes time to nurture that and being patient is so key. And patience comes with acceptance. So yeah. when you are like, I love this person, I care about this person, I accept this person how how they are. And sometimes we need to remind ourselves of that. Like, okay, I don't need this moment to define my uh, emotions mm. during this time. Mm. I need to remind myself what the big picture is. And the big picture is I care about this person. So I just need to remember, like we talked about earlier, everybody's path is different. And if you find yourself that you're getting impatient, you're putting expectations on their own path that maybe shouldn't be there. So like Josh said, if you're impatient, either you're expecting them to be farther along that they are or moving at a different pace than they personally, you can't dictate that. Or maybe you're just not right in the headspace that day to deal with it. And that's okay. Again, to say to the person, like, I appreciate you sharing with me, you know, can I, can this be like maybe a cross thing today? Like a tug of war a little bit. Can I, can I dump on you a little bit? You know, like you don't, if you both struggle with anxiety, that can kind of be a, a tricky thing there. If you're struggling at the same time. Yes. Yes. You know, and a lot of times it usually isn't though. It's not. And that's the last thing I'm going to bring up here in a second, but cause I want to get ahead of ourselves. But you know, when it comes to patience, it is just that though. Sometimes you just have to, you know, woosah yourself and say, you know what? I need to slow down. Uh, what this person's going through. I love them. I care about them. I, you know, I appreciate the relationship that we have. I need to slow down because we get quick to get angry. We may get defensive. You know, if you're still trying to be supportive and be like, why aren't you taking my advice? Why aren't you listening to me? Why aren't you doing the things that I'm saying? And we have to say, okay, okay. Whatever this person's going on in their mind right now, they're really suffering with it. They really truly are. And I need to take a step back. And if I really want to be a healthy support, I need to be patient with them because sometimes, sometimes it takes people 10 days to get over something or 10 years. And that's just the truth of it. And you might be the only person that this person has as a support. Maybe Mm. you're the only one. What if you are the only one, Mm. you know, and you need to take that role serious as a support. You know, we talk every week about this pandemic we're in right now. And on the other side of it, it's not going to be pretty. It's not. It's not pretty now, Mm. especially with mental health. It's not. There's so much 
horrible things going on right now in the world because of what's going on. And on the other end of it, it's only going to spin out of control. So remember when we're talking to other people about mental health and we're trying to be supportive, that we truly are trying to be patient with them. We don't know. Everything that everybody's going through is their own battle and it's just as severe to them as something different for you is. So we have to be patient. Well, and it's very, very, this is where journaling is key. Um, because if you're, uh, journaling on a regular basis yourself, a lot of times we get, um, very tunnel visioned. So if a person is talking to us maybe about anxiety and you're a person that doesn't struggle with that and you're like, Oh my gosh, you should be over that. You should be over that by now. You should be over that. Mm. Maybe you need a reminder. Maybe you struggle with anger, you know, and maybe that person doesn't. And that person may be thinking like, okay, you, why are you getting so angry with me? Maybe you need to get over your anger. So we need to not be so quick to judge one another. I have to remind myself all that. No one's harder on ourselves than ourselves, right? So that's what we need to remember. If a person's struggling with anxiety, the last thing that they need, they already know they're struggling with it. It's not a surprise. That's why they're talking to you about it. So they don't need more anger. It makes them feel 10 times worse. It could have very, very awful repercussions. You don't know um, where they're at in that at that time. So it's very important just to be patient with them, just to listen and to remember that it's not your job to fix them. So it's those three things you really need to remember. And it's hard. It's hard. I've had, you know, a person that I feel like asks and asks and asks and asks and asks for advice all the time. And I started getting really mad about it. Like, I'm like, oh my goodness, like why? And then I remember, okay, I'm getting mad because I'm thinking like they should be doing what I'm telling them to do and they're yeah. not doing it. And that's not my job. It's yeah. their job to do it. It's just my job to provide the information. That's it. Yeah. You know, and the last thing that we want to talk about is kind of a bonus thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to put it on the screen a second, but something that we can learn through support is that sometimes yeah. we're not a good support. And that's the truth. So I'm sure everybody's heard of the group AA or Alcoholic Anonymous. I mean, when you talk about alcoholics, that program works so well because it's other people that suffer from the same problems and they found some freedom from whatever was going on. And then they're able to really relate and have empathy and really show someone specifically. So the one of the best things that we can ever do, even besides these three, even if we did all three of these, we should still do this last thing. And that is we should help them find a good, healthy support group. Other people that are suffering from the same things that they suffer from that has found some victory from it. Or do you need a support group? Yes. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, could you offer to go with, if you're not the one struggling with them, could you offer to go with them to a support group? Amen. I mean, there's multiple things to do to be there for someone. And, and that would help them get the help that they need, um, get a support group that they need. And then it might help you realize that it's not your job to fix them. You know, we have tons of people that come to celebrate recovery that will start out by saying, I mean, and it's like the first words out of their mouth. Yeah. I'm just here to support so-and-so. And then after the meeting is over, the every time they're like, I needed this. And it's like, yeah, like we all do. We all do. We're all struggling with something. I mean, we live in a fallen world. It's a broken world. We were raised by broken people. We're raising little broken people because we're broken people. Yeah. So it's, it's important to have a good, healthy self-awareness and just 
be kind. Just be kind. Yeah. Support groups are super important. We've both are living proof of support groups, having family that you consider that are not from your blood relation that you consider family through support groups. So, you know, and help- God can change anyone. Don't ever. Oh, if don't. he changed me, he can change anybody. I believe that. You have to believe that really. I mean, God is amazing. He's the ultimate healer. Yeah. So, yeah. So uh, if you found any encouragement out of this episode or any of our episodes, we just ask that you hit the share button. It helps us. Hey, it helps us get more exposure yeah. to our podcast. We come on live every single Every single Tuesday at seven. So we come live. We love doing these. If anybody has any ideas, uh, you know, shoot them out. We've had others reach out already and we have some ideas for the future, but we're always looking for more topics to cover. Uh, not because we've experienced everything, but because, you know, studying some of it, looking it up and trying to find details around yeah. it helps us grow too. So, you know, we all need growth in our lives because we strongly believe without personal development in our lives, we, we have nothing to look forward through tomorrow because all we're trying to do is be better than the person we were yesterday. And we bridge, have to do that through. And bridge the Christian gap. I mean, yeah. that's really why we felt like God was getting us to do this podcast. So if you have something that you want us to talk about that is considered, you know, secular and you're curious about how we feel what the Bible says, because the Bible is left up. A lot of it is interpretation. Mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about that with people. Yeah. I agree. We want to thank everybody for being here. Have an incredible week, and we will see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.